podcasting from inside of a marketing agency, this is the Marketing Department Podcast, where we have candid ideas and curated content for the everyday marketer. Well, hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. My name is Eric, and I'm here with our fill-in co-host, Mr. Aaron Meeks, how I'm are just, you, bud? I'm doing good. I'm just a replacement. Makes me feel great. Just, good. Appreciate you. Just a replacement. Well, just a backup. I would rather you not be the replacement. That way, I could be the co-host. Because when I have to host, it makes me all nervous and my tummy gets all rumbly. And I can hear it. Can you? No, I yeah. can't. Well, these mics are pretty it. stout. They Sometimes really you are. can. Mm-hmm. There's lots of anytime I, like I'm scared to move when you I'm when be. I'm especially when I'm hosting because I yeah. feel like I, the pressure's on and so I'm scared to like make Just one of those like chair that. cracks like mm-hmm. that. Chair uh, crack. We decided to get metal chairs that are from I don't know where these are from IKEA or something and so you had to like put them together with the Allen wrenches and so if you they're gonna make noise. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, podcast studio. Here we are. I got nothing. That was great. Okay, perfect. Well, there's our intro. Zeke, who normally is here, is going to be so proud because I am the champion of transitions. So I will really actually are. call out the transitions and be like, now. I'm <clears> doing <throat> a transition. We are going to be transitioning into yeah. the next part. Mm, no, I'm just great. kidding. Well, hey, guys. Today, we are excited to be talking about social media again. And today, we're going to talk about a few success stories. We're going to talk a few different things. We've got brands that we have worked with. We're going to be talking about a major brand in Nike, and we're going to be talking about a small business who is really killing it, and they just have two people, really just one that does their social media, and but the whole business is two people, and they've got over 50,000 followers, so it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so let's, let's just get it kicked off. We're going to be talking about businesses we've helped strategize their social media presence along with you know the other two, and so we're going to kick it off with Let's Fish. I'm pretty excited about this one. I am excited about Here's this why one. I'm excited about this one. This was our very first client. If you don't know, we are a marketing agency here that runs this podcast. And I specifically started this business. And when we did, we started, it was a cool story how we got there. But our first client was a fishing TV show, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. And at the time, it was called Fox Sports Outdoors. And it plays on Fox Sports Southwest and Southeast on TV and can be found everywhere now. But when we first started with them, all they had was a Facebook page that was really small and Barry Stokes, he's the he's the fishing guy, the host on the show. By the way, this is like the longest running fishing show of all time. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool. And so they rebranded this year to Let's Fish, which is really cool. I love the branding. I love the whole, it's the whole awesome. thing. It's yeah. super cool. But we had a big job ahead of us. Barry came to us and said, hey, I need to grow my social media pages because right now I'm just on TV and I don't know how long TV is going to be around because this was, you know, this was four years ago. And it was just kind of the boom of everything. Like everything's just kind of going. And we're like, I don't know how long TV's going to yeah. be here. Might mm-hmm. just all be streaming. We got to figure this out. I need to grow my page and I don't know what I'm doing. And right. so, and Barry, I mean, he just didn't have time. He's, they literally, it's him and his wife and they will go out and, I mean, she'll film and, and he'll, he'll fish and they'll travel all around and they, they got to edit. So much. So much yeah. traveling. Yeah. Anyway, so they came to us with that goal in mind. And uh, Aaron, you've kind of been on their account. Mm-hmm. Since the beginning. And yeah. so tell us a little bit about what the expectation was, what they were trying to achieve, and just go through it. Where'd they start? Where are they now? And let's hear all about it. Yeah, this one's awesome because this one really took, honestly, I think everybody by surprise on how fast the page grew. Because he was on, we managed his Facebook page and his Twitter account. The content really consisted of his TV show because he wanted to expand his episodes onto social media. So we were just trying to figure out how to increase engagement on these videos and just 
Like, what kind of audience is he going to look for? Is the audience different on TV versus social media? That was something we we're all trying to figure out at the very beginning. I mean, really, he started out about 30 page likes whenever we took over. Yeah. And uh, just at the end of last year, beginning of this year, he capped at 200,000. Crazy. Yeah, it, insane. It's crazy. Absolutely insane. It's crazy because he's it's bigger than a whole lot of, like, major national brands of fishing shows, fishing equipment, fishing gear. And so you've got all these fishing companies. They're mm-hmm. like, how in the world did you do that? Yeah. So how in the world did you do that? Well, we did, we did it twofold. One was on or his organic side, yep. uh, just as organic posting during the week. But the other side, we actually ran quite a few Facebook ads to generate page likes. And this, this was probably the one that surprised me the most is because during this time, Facebook kind of changed up their algorithm pretty drastically as far as what they wanted people to do for a page like. They didn't want any likes to be forced, so they wanted all that to happen organically. So we're trying to find how can we get people to like his page when they don't know who he is at all. Yeah. So there was a lot of testing involved that we had to kind of find a sweet spot just to see what worked best and what didn't. Yeah, here's here's what was annoying but also challenging at the same time. Challenging in a good way that made us better as an organization was when – we first turned on the ads. It was like, let's just do some giveaways, and boom. I mean, we literally had – we grew real fast. I think those costs per likes were like 0.2 cents or something yeah, like it that. Was per, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And then the almighty algorithm came in and said, no, sir, no, sir, not no more. So yeah. then they changed it, and then we couldn't do that anymore. So Is we had to get creative. Sorry. Th- that's no, sir, not no more. Mm-hmm. You're doing like the Jurassic Park, like, uh-uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh my yeah. fingers all mm-hmm. turning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. But, yeah, so that was, that was something we had to kind of work through because, like you said, it was very cheap to get a like at this point. But then all of a sudden, within a month, because we ran these campaigns monthly, we reassessed them to see, like, do we need to change up the video? Do we need to change up the copy? And really, we like, okay, okay, this has been working. Let's keep doing it. And then from one month, it was at, like, two cents a like, and then it shot up to, like, $12 a like. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And so, like, we're – and even, like, Barry and I had conversations, like, what happened? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? And so, like, we were just doing a lot of research to see what works best and what didn't. And honestly – the crazy part about all of this is we always have like recommendations on what we think the algorithm likes as far as how long the video should be, if there's any like typography on the video. We tried all those like recommendations that even Facebook had like Facebook reps and everything saying like you need to follow these steps in order to increase engagement. We did it on those videos and it actually cost them more to get likes than we did with another video that was a lot longer, had typography on it, everything. And so we actually went with the video that we didn't think would work. It was, yeah. it was an ad that we were testing, and then whenever we saw that, like, okay, this audience, like, they obviously like it. And it wasn't like Fox Sports Outdoors commercial that we were running. It was honestly just a video of him catching a big old fish. Big old fish. Just a big old fish. And yep. so, and what I think, the reason I think that worked is because people didn't want to be sold. Yeah. They just wanted to like a page that they're interested in and not feel pressured to do anything after that. Like, I just want to like this page, see a bunch of big catches, and just go from there. Yeah, and that's so good. And honestly, I mean, as crazy as the algorithm is, at some point we need to have a, a talk on this social experiment. Is it experiment? Social so, dilemma? Dilemma, Boy, yes. At howdy. some point we need to have a talk on this because yes. it's really good. I mean, it's all stuff we've known, but like yeah. to hear it from the developers of it, you're like, you're creeping me out, man. I don't like that. I've watched it twice and I get pumped every single time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But those are things that you know we've always known, but like as crazy as all that stuff is, it's still really cool that they're going in a direction of making sure that like the brands that are growing are the ones that are doing it right. They're doing it in a way that people actually want to engage with them, not just 
throw money because it's not just about who has the most money anymore. It's mm-hmm. about who's able to engage in, in mm-hmm. the right way. And so, you know, those microphones are loud. Those microphones they are really loud. Are. And so there's, there's sometimes when you're in the room and you move a chair and you hear a what? And that was one of them right there. And it's really like a very small movement, but it makes it sound like literally a door fell down. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. And there's, I won't say who it was. There was, there's three people in the room, two of them are on microphones. One of them's, one of us is not. And it was. And the one who did it's laughing. And the, the one background. who did it is laughing in the background. Yeah. Let me unmute this mic. Can you hear that? There yeah, it there is. There we go. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So anyway, all right, keep going. Keep going with your story yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. And it's awesome just because, and again, this isn't like just a local business that we're just trying to reach in like Granberry, America. This was on a national scale. Yeah. Like his shows did run in the Southeast and like Southwest and very certain sections of the U S but people liking fishing wasn't specific to one area. So right. we're able to kind of cater his page and these ads to people on a national scale. Yeah. And that's why I really think it took off is cause like you don't have to live in Great Mary, Texas to like fishing. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to know who Barry Stokes is. A lot of these guys who are liking, cause we found them like, the main demographic that were liking these ads were 35 to 45 year old males. Yep. Most likely because they had been following the TV show before then. And when they saw that he was on the Facebooks mm-hmm. and the Twitters, they were able to like kind of latch on and be like, Oh wow. Like I know these guys and they were already attached to him. Yep. And uh, Barry has such a, such an awesome personality anyway. So the fact that they're able to connect with him on a more personal level on social media, I think is what really accelerated his growth. Yeah, I agree with that. And I love this. I love that this may have been before you you got here, right yep. right before. Like before I was born? Or? No, not before you got here on the earth, before you okay. got here at Green Fox. <laughs> but we ran an ad. Do you remember running an ad with his wife in the video? Were you a part of that? I saw it. I didn't. Oh, it's so great. So Barry, you got to picture this. This has to be the most humbling experience of this man's life. I mean, this dude's been doing fishing for 30 something years on TV. I mean, it's just crazy. However, his wife on TV in the, I think it's the early nineties. She happened to be fishing on the show for some reason. I don't even remember Mm -hmm. why they were just like, just doing some kind of sideshow or whatever. And she was fishing on the show and she ends up catching a bigger bass than he has ever caught. He still to this day has not (laughs) caught a bass bigger than that one. And if you look up on YouTube, you'll be able to see that I think it's probably their most watched video by far because of that. So yeah, we ran an ad for that one for a while, and it was great before the algorithm changed. But anyway, that's awesome. that I love that. Sto- that's one of those stories that you're just like, you can't make that up. This, no. I mean, he fishes every single day, and he still has not been able to catch a fish as Good big as his wife caught. Yeah, and he fishes lakes all over, because they travel a ton. Oh, man, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Every time I talk to him, he was always in a hotel. Oh, like, yeah. Every single time I talk to him, he was like, do you live at a home? Like, he has a home. Like, yeah, yeah. But he's it's always in a hotel. But it is cool. They got to do it together. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, so that was cool. That was, it's been cool to watch that brand grow, yep. and it really is cool. So you can check them out on Let's Fish on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the places, all the things. So, all right, let's move on to major brand. So mm-hmm. this is, y'all hear me talk about this often probably. Nike is one of my favorite as far as, you know what's funny is I'm an Adidas guy. I mean, I, really got, I, I always have on Adidas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my brand. But are I always, right I am, I am. Big, bright blue ones. Uh, not a sponsor, by the way. Not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. But Nike's social media and just marketing in general, I just love it. I just love what they stand for. How they go about doing their marketing is pretty incredible. They really have been able to take a holistic approach to center their brand and identity around this concept of fitness, health, and a healthy lifestyle, not just like selling products. Mm So there are companies out there that are like focused on the products. Like Mm -hmm. I'm selling you this product. This is what I have, you know, buy this. And some of that, some, sometimes it stands, it calls for that. The businesses do. Nike is such an established brand. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. I can't think of them other than maybe Apple. I can't think of something that like you just is so iconic. You know what it is mm-hmm. as soon as you see it. You don't um, question it. You don't question it. There you yeah. go. So because you don't question it, they're able to sell lifestyle mm-hmm. and tell stories that resonate with their customers and asp- their their customers' aspirations, their goals, their lifestyles, their dreams, all that. Instead of just buy our shoes, I can't remember the last time I saw a commercial for buy these shoes or no. Or, it, it's always something where. People are using them because they want you to picture yourselves wearing them. Yeah. And because we already trust them, it's like, I trust the recommendation that I should be wearing those shoes. Right. It's never a question of, I don't know if like Nike's good quality, mm-hmm. anything like that. It's just like, okay, if they think it's a good idea, then it must be a good idea. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that people it have is. that strong of a voice, like in an, oh, in yeah. an, an opinion on the world? Like, mm-hmm. well, we're wearing these, so you should too. And everyone's yeah. like, okay, yes. Okay. okay, you got it. So what's interesting about Nike is their content strategy. It's kind of it's kind of all over the place. They don't necessarily follow a consistent social media posting pattern. They kind of mm-hmm. just do their own thing, but it's because of the type of businesses that, that they work with. So they specifically work a lot around sporting events and and different social campaigns. So whatever's going on in the world, you might can expect to see a Nike commercial coming up for when that happens. And I, mm-hmm. I've talked about this before on the podcast too, but anytime there's like some kind of social injustice thing, especially if it's a strong one that has to do with an athlete, they will pop that up, you know, immediately and talk about that. And, you know, they, they have a big support for Black Lives Matters. If you actually, if you go to their page, we're looking at it right now, you'll see uh, at the very top, they're talking about Black Lives Matters and hashtag, it says it underneath their 121 million followers. But, you know, they just, they, they focus on social what's going on in the world and they want to stand for something. And so they're out of place for that. Some people will say, Hey, that's a negative. How do they do that? That's going to cost them a lot of money. I will always go back to the Colin Kaepernick thing of when they put Colin Kaepernick on an ad and they Mm -hmm. put, and they, you know, it was a whole, it was a back then, this was before all the, all the recent stuff that's happened. So Colin Kaepernick was kind of looked at as, you know, in the world, kind of like as a man, you can't do that. You can't be the guy who's kneeling. You're, there's only one or two or 10 of y'all doing that. Don't do that. That was back then when Nike said, no, we're going to go ahead and stand for this and we're Mm going to put this in an ad. Well, they grew. It, oh, was it was insane. Un, like, so people, you know, some people that I'm around were like, I can't believe they did that. They're going to, that's going to cost them so much money. Mm-mm. I actually had that thought. I was like, man, because you see, you know, people like burning their shoes and I'm yeah. not going to wear Nike and da da da. Yeah. Well, I mean, seeing the actual numbers when you go and look it up, you can look mm-hmm. it up on articles online, but like they grew an incredible amount overnight because of that ad. Oh, I mean, yeah. people were just like, nope, I'm buying Nike stuff right mm-hmm. now, you know? So it's pretty pretty crazy to watch them and just watch how they follow what's going on in the world. And so that's a encouragement to all of you out there, to us as well, is to be paying attention to what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to fight for something, don't necessarily be afraid of bringing your brand into that. Now, there's some right. things that obviously you have to just use wisdom in and, and make a, I mean, some of those are big decisions. Nike's a giant, giant brand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's something like that that you're like, hey, I'm all about that, then jump in and go for it and really just promote what's happening in the world that you want to stand for and not just selling your product. Right, because it's so interesting because Nike probably saw that event and they didn't look at it it's like, oh, we're going to jump on this because this is a good way to make money. Yeah. They jumped on it because it's what they believe their brand stands for and what they believed at their core. Yeah. And then because they were true to themselves, they were true to their brand, everybody else jumped on because they trusted Nike. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, if they're backing this up, 
then I'm going to as well by wearing Nike. Yeah. I'm looking at their Instagram feed right now. And what's interesting is I know they have they have things outside of shoes. Yeah. They have hats, like apparel, things yeah. like that. But if you look on their Instagram, there's not one photo of somebody of their shoes. Nope. There's not one product photo of their jacket. It's people wearing them. And honestly, they do have a style on their Instagram. A lot of these are like currently they're really closed in like headshots yep. of their athletes or honestly just political figures, whoever. So they're focusing on the people that's wearing them, not the product. Yeah. And, and I, some of that takes time to yes. get there. Yes. That's one note to take note is don't just start. We've talked about a home builder that we've worked with. And, you know, we try to be as a marketing agency, as creative as possible. And let's put people in here and style it in, in, you know, in different ways. And still, you know, when you A-B test stuff and you figure out, hey, what's actually going to work, still, every time you post a picture of just one of their houses that looks incredible, it mm-hmm. just gets more engagement. And right. that's just that type of brand. Now, yeah. these guys, you post a shoe or you post a picture of Colin Kaepernick or Kobe Bryant that we're looking at right now, it's going to be those that get more engagement. Oh, and yeah. so it just depends on your brand and, mm-hmm. and where you are, how established you are, what people know about your brand, what you what your voice and tone of your brand is. We talked about that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So one of the really cool things that, that Nike does that we could all kind of take a hint from is on their Twitter account, they actually have a dedicated customer service Twitter, and it's at Nike Support. What I love about this is Nike is doing a really good job of meeting people where they're already at. People are already mm-hmm. on Twitter. People are already on Facebook. It's literally a click away on your phone, especially. And you got the new update? You know I that? do. Oh, oh it's, how, how exciting. Oh, yeah. We're talking about iOS 14 yeah. with the new widgets and all the things. It makes my heart happy. It does. It I really know. It's does. super exciting. But it's just literally I'm looking at my home screen, and I can click on it right now. And then if I t- click on the search bar, type in NI, there's Nike right there. Boom. I can ask my question. Like, mm-hmm. it's that fast versus, yeah. like, Oh, I got a support question. I got to go to Nike's website. Submit I got to scroll ticket, to the bottom. Chat. Submit a ticket. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Like that is, that's probably more efficient for Nike, but mm-hmm. it's not the best user experience for the user right. doing this. Is and they're just meeting us right there on social media to make it happen. Yeah, that's good because they, like you said, it's prob- there's probably more efficient way to do it. Maybe on their internal side, and when they're trying to get this figured out, they could have taken two routes. One, what's easiest on us, and then the second route, which is what they're doing now what's easiest on the customer, the consumer that way. And then we will adapt because the end goal is making the consumer happy and then they'll adjust their process if needed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. And, and also what it shows is, you know, their, their response time is somewhere within six to 10 hour range. So it's same day uh, response time on Twitter, which is pretty crazy to think about like how massive they are. Yeah. And how many people are probably submitting a support ticket. Yeah. I do a terrible job at responding to text messages within six to 10 hours. That's true. (laughs) Just one person. Yeah. That's crazy. uh, Sorry, mom. I meant to text you back. Uh huh. Yeah. Sorry. Said, I'm sorry, mama. Uh, never meant to hurt you. No. So what this does is it, it, shows the importance of Nike's customers to Nike whenever they're able to respond with that amount of speed. And so they're just doing a great job on social media with mm-hmm. with with doing it a different way. Now again, this is a large brand. There's so right. many elements here. There's so many I don't I don't want everybody to go, you know, look at Nike's page and go like, well, I'm gonna start doing that. I don't mm-hmm. even need to post my product anymore. That takes time yeah. and it takes understanding who you are as a business as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we interviewed someone this morning. We did and I'm super excited to play this. This is a friend of mine his name is chase and his and his wife hannah and they own blank slate reno 
and it's a renovation real estate company. And so it's really cool what they do. I've known Chase for a while just through basketball and stuff. But then as I followed him on social media, I began seeing stuff from this business that they do with remodels. And remodels are just cool anyway when mm-hmm. someone takes something from what it was and into something new. Oh, yeah. It's just cool to look at. But the way they did it, it just kept catching my eye. I kept, I kept being like, man, how in the world? They're good at what they do. Yeah. But what I noticed is it's not only are they good at what they do, they're good at their social media and how they present what they do. Right. And so I started looking into it more and I was like, what are they do- what are these guys doing? I'm picturing mm-hmm. some company he's working for, but no, it's him and his wife. Yep. And you look on their Instagram page and they have over 50,000 followers and they do an amazing job. Like this is, if I could show anyone to say like, how do you run a small business? Like mm-hmm. when I say small, I mean like two people. two people. How do you run social media accounts for small business? I would say watch these guys. And totally. so our interview, they're actually super smart and the things that they talk through and how they understand how the algorithm works and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear this. Y'all check out this interview with Blank Slate Reno. Well, hey guys, what's up? What's going on, Eric? Oh, not much. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And Thanks you, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I literally was deciding who we are going to interview today. And it's really cool because it was between I was going to call Nike and have them interview or I was going to have you guys interview. So I picked y'all. Oh, yeah, that's, that's apples to apples. Yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Nike, sometimes I'm a big deal and they, they really, it's hard for me to interview them because, you know. Yeah. You know, you know how yeah, it goes. Yeah, no, I get it. So, <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us today. And so, just tell us a little about what you guys do. So, y'all obviously have Blank Slate Reno, which is renovation. So, tell us about it. Sure. Yeah. So, I flipped my first home as a senior in high school and walked away after three months with like twelve grand. And I was like, I'm completely rich. I can do anything <laughs> that I want with this twelve grand. And I just kind of went all in after that. Before flipping was too crazy and Chip and Joanna were doing their thing. I was flipping back in 03 and then took a big bite right before the financial crisis and kind of got popped. And But Hannah and I got married in 07 and she came on board with me and we just kind of grew it little by little as a side project. Yeah. And then in 15, no, 16, 2016, she went back to get an interior design degree and we were like, let's just do this full time. Let's just, let's just do the thing. And she started recording mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I've lo- always loved interior design. I grew up, my dad was a drapery installer. So I grew up kind of on the job going in these big, beautiful homes and always loved design and kind of had a thing for it. So then I decided, you know, I got married to this guy that's already in real estate. So it made sense for me to go back to school, get a degree pursue it more full-time and then yeah we just decided to pick up the phone one day when we did our first big flip in Dallas and start recording and we've been doing it ever since yeah and I initially was kind of I kind of poo-pooed on the idea of social media I'm not a big social media guy and Anna really wanted to record the process and document it and I was like okay but like we got to get stuff done and it turns out that her solid work over the years of of documenting and, and, and learning how to use that conduit for our brand has enabled us to monetize it and work with cool brands and get part of our flips or remodels, get sponsors to bring in products. So it's actually been, I've had to eat some crow. So it's been <laughs> great though. She's, she's, she's really grown it. 
Yeah, and that's that's exactly why I wanted to interview you guys because you know we talked a little bit before, but this is y'all's page inspires me. And basically, what I just heard from what y'all just said is that y'all taught Chip and Joe everything they know. And oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and you also are living my dream. So thanks, thanks guys. Aww. This is this is going great. No, so like I do a little bit of remodeling Reno on the side, not near to the scale of what y'all do, or near as cool or awesome, but do it a little bit on the side. And I use y'all's pages as inspiration all the time. And like seeing what y'all do on your page, and also just all the sponsorships that you work with, and all those things, really is really cool. And so as a social media marketing company owner, it really just made me go, these guys really, they, they got it together. They know what they're doing. And so you have, I looked on your page today and y'all have 51,000 followers on Instagram, which is crazy for a <laughs> two person, you know, it is just you guys, right? Yes, sir. It is. Yeah. Just for a two person crew. And I mean, being able to do the remodels when I see y'all's work, I'm like, how are y'all doing that so fast? First of all, and still having a really cool social media. So, which is exactly what you were just saying, Chase. Like, we got to get some work done, but I guess if you want to do it, you can. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a little bit. I mean, you don't have to tell us all your trade secrets, but what's like some consistency that you did, some consistent things that you did to get that 51,000 followers? Sure. Well, it definitely has been a learning process. It did not happen overnight. You have to be, I think Hannah will agree, patient and consistent, but maybe even more than anything else, we wanted to be authentic. So whatever you see on Instagram and our social media, it's our story. Like it's not just so that we can make money and do whatever we want. We wanted to, we wanted it to be an extension of who we are and authenticity for us is, is important and telling the story that we want to tell. And I think getting, if you're, if you're building a brand and you want to build a brand, yeah, you should want to have success and make money. But even more than that, we think that you've got to have that story that is truly you. You've got to find that story that really connects with people. And I think that Anna can talk more about that. But I think that's what drives a lot of kind of micro influencing, which is there's different levels. So there's micro influencer. I think it's between 20 and 50 and then 50 to 100 is another level. And then 100 plus you know, just keeps going up. But with the rise of these micro influencers, I think that we have grown a lot because Hannah consistently connects with her following. Right, dear? Isn't that mm -hmm. a big part of our growth? Yeah, absolutely. Being involved in the Instagram community, I think, is honestly what has helped boost us the most. Just being able to interact with other feeds that are similar to us, you know, resharing each other's stuff and really building a relationship again, like Chase mentioned earlier, just being authentic and growing those relationships has really probably helped really elevate Blank Slate on social media for us. So again, just consistency, finding your story and continuing to engage has probably been the biggest success for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with that just for, as a viewer, you know, cause Chase, you and I, we played basketball together back in the day. I don't know how long ago that was now. I feel like an old man, but we played basketball together, but Hannah, I've never met you. However, I feel like I know you just as well, if not better than Chase, by not even knowing you just because of watching you on Instagram, which is pretty crazy Aww, how, how the world the works. Side, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, a story is a, is a large, you probably will ask this later, of kind of how, where is that growth coming, coming from? And I think the stories aspect of Instagram 
seems to be the place where accounts can really push their their growth. Like there's people that are storing 20, 30, 40 stories per day. And you really get to, we don't do that and we are not growing as fast because of that. But, but brands that really showcase, you know, walking to the fridge to get a whatever, you know, that aspect of just normal everyday to this person is has a, has a big impact on a brand following. Well, you say yeah, and I also think people, again, like we talked about earlier, people like to connect to people and they like to hear about people's stories and the story aspect of Instagram. You know, Instagram feed is a bunch of beautiful curated photographs of homes that most people probably don't live in. The stories is a way for you kind of to go behind the scenes and you don't have to necessarily show all those pretty doctored filtered photos and you kind of get to see like insight into this couple's life or you know, whether it's what they made for dinner today or where they're picking up tile. So I think that's a really good way to, again, kind of let down the filter, maybe facade aspect of Instagram and get a little deeper and a little more into their everyday lives of whoever you're following. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about the, what you said about authenticity is that anytime you can go behind the scenes, that really is a place where you, you get to see, you know, the real the real people, who they are, and, and especially when it comes to stuff like what y'all do with renovations, home stuff, it's a lot easier to just post the pretty picture and say, like, look what we did, voila, versus saying, right. no, this was right. like the blood, sweat, and tears that went into this, and here's, yep. you know, all the hard work, and here's Chase with a shirt off working really hard, looking real muscular. And Which, all the by things. the way, I get in trouble for those. I have to, now I have to get written permission from him before I'm allowed to post any <laughs> She has to submit a form two weeks for review process. That is awesome. Like, She'll just be filming me, and then I'll I'll hear like my mom will call me two days later and say, "Hey, I saw you doing this and that." And I'm like, "That is an invasion of privacy." <laughs> get my, you know, get my freaking like. You like write a contract or something. Yeah, that is so great. I love that. You so gotta much. get I, consent. Yeah, I, I figure you know I had what? that in my mind that like you don't you're not giving permission when that's happening. I just knew that that was a, that was a thing. Marriage sure. contention. I feel point. like you sign that away when you get married, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so y'all talked about using stories, which I agree. I know when I'm on Instagram, I just jump straight to the stories. I might like use my thumb like three times to scroll up, and then after that, I'm like, man, I'm bored. I'm going to stories. Yep. And so, yep. what you know, I know you guys use every facet of Instagram. Y'all, y'all use reels, stories, all the effects. All the, all the things. So, you know, this this has to take, obviously, quite a bit of time to get, get all that stuff going. So what's the driving force behind all that? Like, what, is, what are y'all trying to achieve by, by growing your brand and growing your Instagram page by doing all of these things? Sure. So Blank Slate is kind of a metaphor, not just for house flipping, but for our lives personally. We went through some challenging marital times back in, shoot, 20. 13, I don't know, seven or so years into our marriage. And what we needed, if we were going to stay together, was just to start from scratch. We like literally needed a blank slate. And then as we thought about flipping homes again or, or doing it full time, and as we thought about a name, we wanted it to be an extension of who we were. Like it's going to be the thing that we do. So blank slate, obviously, in terms of real estate, you know, you take these homes and you can strip them back down to the studs and even remove some of those if they need to, uh, if need be. And you're starting with a blank canvas and, and breathing life back into something that desperately needs it. So blank slate as a brand started 
in that way and blank slate in the future. And our goals are more that it would become not just a, a real estate brand, but also a brand for us to possibly push merchandise or furniture and, and continue to expand of our vision for it mm-hmm. right dear. yeah yeah now we've done some things like we've worked with clients in the past and kind of explored different avenues and liked some of the things and disliked some of the things and we're always growing and changing and evolving and our direction kind of switches but i think the goal for the future is to continue doing what we're doing but also incorporate potentially either working more with brands that we love a dream of mine would be to maybe eventually you know, have our own furniture line, our own textile line or whatever. So those are some of the things that we would love to pursue as we grow in the future. Yeah, so it's a little nebulous now, but building that brand and putting in kind of the hard work of building an audience, I think, can pay dividends in the future as we kind of grow grow and learn and figure out what, what Blank Slate is. We've got that built-in audience that trusts us and, and knows us and you know, 50,000 followers, it's not a crap ton compared to a lot of accounts, but for us, it's a decent start. Yeah, absolutely. And y'all have done an incredible job of growing that. I'm going to ask one more question here. If y'all have, so we're talking to an audience that's probably small business owners at the most, or most likely. And if you're talking to those guys and they don't have much of a following right now, they don't have much time, as y'all probably know as well. Let's just say they have 15 to 30 minutes per day to spend on social media. What would you recommend to do with that 15 to 30 minutes per day to grow their page? I would definitely say engaging in the community, meaning going and finding similar accounts, um, liking their photos, commenting on their posts, maybe even sending them a private message. If they have around a similar following that you have, maybe saying, hey, can we do a story shout out and we can promote each other's pages? But the algorithm likes it when you interact with people and when you spend time on the app. So I would say in order to get recognized by that algorithm and to get Instagram's attention, it is essential to definitely spend time, like I said, finding similar accounts, liking photos, commenting on things. And then, yeah, figuring out what your story is, taking beautiful photos, but engagement would absolutely be probably number one. Yeah, that's so good. As soon as you said the word algorithm, our digital director in the room did a little fist pump. He got super excited about that. So yeah. <laughs> great work. I hate the algorithm. <laughs> don't we all? We hate it because, yeah. yeah, I always feel like they can hear us though. So I don't know how much I want to say I hate that. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> but hey guys, thank y'all so much for talking through all this stuff today. I know y'all are incredibly busy. I'm again, remodeling a condo right now and I'm not even doing the work and I feel like I'm exhausted from how much time it takes. So I know you guys <laughs> don't don't have much time, so I really appreciate y'all's time. How can we find you guys? We want to check you guys out. So we are on most of the social medias at just blank slate reno. Instagram definitely is our biggest avenue. Instagram, actually, we jumped on TikTok a couple of months ago, and we've really enjoyed doing that as well. So I Instagram, s- I saw Facebook, that. I'm TikTok. waiting on Chase to do some cool, new, trendy TikTok dance. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it. And along those same lines, that's one bit of advice I just want to interject as we close. Always be forward-looking, like in figuring out what that next platform is. Because Instagram will eventually go the way of Facebook. And, you know, if the market rewards those people who jump on early the next platform and have already started to build that following. So I would just say, as well as 
everything Hannah said, always be forward looking for that next platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Well, guys, thank you all so much. That's a lot of great advice. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank thanks, you. Eric. Have a great day. All right, y'all too. We'll see you. Man, that was incredible. I that love was awesome. Though they are so smart, mm -hmm. like they, they really are. Like that, you can tell it's not just like somebody who's just attempting to do social media or things like that. Like they're invested. They're in the social media world, yeah, because they know and obviously can see the success of what it's doing for them. Yeah, that whole engagement thing that they talked about, like that's the, spending time in the community. I love mm -hmm. that she said that. I was thinking yes. when she was first said that, that she was talking about the community, like in your town, but then she no. was like, no, 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 the Instagram community. So yes. she really looks at it as an Instagram community. So. Right. So that's really cool. Hey, today has been awesome. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Um, we are Green Fox Marketing and doing this podcast as the marketing department. Uh, you can find us on all the all the channels, Instagram, all the things, Facebook, mm -hmm. everywhere. Except we got to get a TikTok. I I feel like we could pull off a TikTok here. You have a TikTok. You are I, a, I do have you are a, TikTok. a TikToker. It's true. I have so many tens of followers on TikTok. So it's, many tens. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Well, hey, guys. <laughs> thank you all for being with us, and we can't wait to see you next time.